The Project Kuwait. Learn, learn, In today's episode, the Battle of the East, presented by the Project's very own athlete, the Beast from the East, standing in at six something, weighing in at two, three hundred pounds, God knows what, and he can crush a man with one hand, Liam. Co-hosted by the volunteer who knows a lot about everything, Meg. And the spectator, the dad who likes to complain a lot. And maybe a little bit of gossip will be spilt on today's episode about the Battle of the East and how it is one of Kuwait's premier fitness festivals. All this and more in today's episode. You know, as in one of the most famous teams. In <laughs> Welcome to today's yeah, episode. <laughs> brought to you by Angry Liam, Happy Meg, and Bitchy Maddie. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about a lot of fun things. Organization, disorganization. Um, I'm probably going to rip on some people, and you guys are not going to like it at all. Liam, Liam's an angry, angry big guy. No, I'm in the mood a- for I'm angry mood big for guy today. today. Yeah, I'm in the mood for it today. Yeah. Chatting about the battle from the, the past weekend. No, it was good. It was, it was like it was, it was really good fun from an athlete point of view. Testosterone uh, still raging. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, it's it's always one of those things with two day competitions where you you wake up on the on the third day and you're like ready to go still. A little like, disoriented yeah, in like the like schedule. You're, you're, like you, <laughs> even though you're absolutely knackered, you're kind of still thinking, okay, I've got to get up. I've got to go and got to go and work out. Just because even though after two days you're yeah you're still raring to go, but one day of rest. Back to a little bit of running this morning and uh, yeah, feeling better today. Better today. Four and a half K round or? Oh. No, it wasn't quite a four and a half K run. That was definitely. Like, How was sorry. that, by the way? It was actually really good. Yeah. Um, I don't know why it was really good. It was the longest distance that I've freaking run for probably about a year and a half. <laughs> well, no, a year, definitely a year. And uh, yeah, I've done the odd bit of cardio here and there, but um, yeah, not 4.7 kilometers. Um, but because of the temperature, it was actually really, really nice out. Yeah. And by the time we got to the third lap round Green Island, then actually the sun came out and it got a little bit hotter and we started to pick the pace up a little bit. But um, yeah, until that point, I was actually super comfortable. Uh, I think from from last year, I think with the experience of running on sand at the Saracen race, which yeah. like, absolutely killed me. Uh, oh, sorry. Just, just a pause. Meg, do you want to introduce what we're actually talking about? I don't think we talked about what the battle is. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody yeah. want to bring that. Yeah. Like, we did. We, we told everybody yeah. the battle. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the Battle Fitness Festival is a uh, for our international listeners. Yeah, <laughs> uh, competition in the Middle East. Here is a team competition. It's it's a combination of uh, individual athletes, team athletes, um, both represented for international and GCC regions. So they're they're separate. Um, and then they've added a master's division as well in the last couple of years. So it's a CrossFit-like competition. Uh, it goes over two days. They've added in the Saracen race at the beginning of the competition to make it inclusive of spectators as well, which is like a, a 5K obstacle race. So it's a big fitness festival to get people to watch some, um, you know, higher level athletes to encourage the community to come out and move um, and bring a little awareness of of fitness in, in the region. That's it. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, does I explain it? <laughs> I mean, kind of, kind of, they branded it as a fitness festival, but. Yeah. So the history of it is a, is a little bit like it started in 2013, just local participation, really. Uh, I think they had a few athletes come from Dubai at that time. Um, it was very, very small competition. Uh, and then in 2014, they uh, had about 35 countries come out and participate. 115 athletes that year. And it was all mixed. So it was expat athletes, so international athletes and local athletes all competed in the same um, events. So it was still male and female separate. But I think there was less than 15 females participated probably that oh, year. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the, the uh, divisions were mixed of international athletes and local athletes. So then in 2015, uh, we decided to add the uh, GCC division and then an international division. And that helped give the locals a little bit more representation because the sport is very new in this region. The levels of, of competition were quite varying. So uh, split it into GCC region and uh, international athletes and there's qualifiers for those. So they have to go through a qualifying process in order to compete. And that year, I think there was 15 local women. So GCC women that participated in that uh, division. And then there was 30 international women that came out for that one. Um, yeah, so that was a, a great event. I think there was 160 athletes in total that participated in that. And then in 2016 is when we added the, uh, Saracen race. And that was to make it inclusive of the, of the, uh, local population to make it something a little bit more friendly for people to come and spectate, participate in. And so that's a 5k obstacle course race, um, done on the sand. So running in the sand, uh, climbing over things, crawling under things. Uh, and that was to make it more like a fitness festival. So to get them to participate. And what was cool about that year is that was also a, an event for the athletes. So it was like the spectators got to do one of the events that the athletes went in. And that's that's kind of what the idea was behind it. Uh, that was also the year that uh, the owners of the battle had acquired two events from uh, from the UK, which was the Athlete Games and the Super Team Cup. And the idea of that was to create a, a battle in the East and a battle in the West and then have this like major fitness festival of like top athletes from all of that. So the, the athlete games then was absorbed into like what is now the individual side of the competition. And then the super team cup is now what the, the team's division is. And then they've added a master's division the next year after that. So it just the divisions keep growing and it keeps uh, bringing a little bit more awareness from the from the region. I think there's still over like 30 countries that participate in it. It's an awesome breakdown. I think anyone that needs like a history lesson of the battle, the, yeah. yeah, like that was that was. Yeah, sorry, I'm was gonna give a, you a dap. I'm gonna give you a dap on that one. That was awesome. I just <laughs> when I say like we added, like I was part of the management team. Um, when I came out to Kuwait, that was part of the role that I came out for was for management support of putting on events uh, like that. I had done a little media work with HQ. I'd put on uh, local and national events in the U.S. And so the people I came out to work with out here was to help kind of build that side of it up. Um, so I was part of the team from 2014 to 2016. Um, so for three years of the battle. So it's been cool to be on it on the inside and then watch it grow from the outside and be a spectator and a volunteer the last couple of years. So yeah. is there still the plan to like make the battle in the East and battle in the West? Yeah, it, the plans ended up dropping off that year. Um, you know, I think there is some, I think just a timing thing, you know, just like how quickly you can pull off something like that and get like, you know, yeah. a big obstacle course race, you know, to happen here and happen happened in the UK as well. Um, I hope that's still part of the plans, but being on the outside of the event management now, I'm not entirely sure what the what the goal is with it, but uh, I, I thought it was a great idea. Yeah. I, I think they ha yeah. still have the Super Team Cup in uh, in the UK, um, but I'm not sure if there's any 
plans to to combine it at all. Yeah, but it'd be interesting. Yeah, it'd definitely be an in- interesting thing. It was a big deal when they when they acquired it. There was all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of hype around it. Um, so yeah, the the biggest thing is like the Saracen race. The biggest partner with that one and with the battle is through Provision um, here in Kuwait, and they help kind of put up all the infrastructure for the events and things. Um, and so yeah, to make it happen in another in another place in another country, I think navigating that whole side of it is just something that takes a little bit more more money, a little bit more time, and so I hope that's still part of the plans because I think that would be pretty awesome to have a Battle of the East, Battle of the West kind of situation. Yeah. yeah especially as it grows more here. But the most exciting thing has been the female participation to go from like that first year where hardly anyone. And now this year it was like there was women from Saudi, from uh, Bahrain. I, I, was, I was happy to see that from Saudi oh, Arabia. Man, so Seeing awesome. those women from Saudi yeah. Arabia, it was like, yeah. to me, that was like, wow. And even the local so circuit is the gym that... Um, that puts on the battle and even the participation from like the membership level there in the battle has always been kind of low, even from the female side. And it's been kind of disappointing. Cause it's like, this is the gym that hosts this and you have like no representation of the females there. And so this year I was so excited to see all the, the female teams. Like they've finally gotten to that point, those girls where they've just let go of the fear of like performing, you know, or letting other people see, you know, what they can do. Uh, I thought that was awesome. So yeah, huge congrats to all the women that came out. I think that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I think there was a massive roster of women this year. Yeah, like great. It was, and there's a lot less people who dropped out, like kind of between qualifiers and then get into the actual right. final stage as well, which you kind of, you kind of saw last year a lot of. Yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was really really good, and the, the kind of level of everything had stepped up a little bit as well. Um, even at the the top end of the leaderboard, like the the girls are getting better and better and better. Yeah. Um, like we had muscle ups early on in the competition, and lots of people were hitting muscle ups where. Like two years ago, you might only have two or three teams that have one person in that can do pull ups. Like, really? Yeah. 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 So, um, no, it was, it was really, really good to see. I mean, we were we were at high skill level for this competition, I think. Definitely, definitely. Well, big guy, you took, you went to town on the uh, on the uh, the handstand walks and the muscle ups. And, dude, I mean, see a, what, six foot six? Did I get it right this time? <laughs> no, I'm not six. I, like, I told you six foot six. Six foot six. six. No. What? I'm not actually six foot six. Well, he's like he's like he's like five eleven. I'm just taller than you. That's all. He's, he's a lot taller. Than me. He's a lot taller than me. He's about two. Like like I got to stand up on a chair. Like to look him in the eye. But hey, but I'm big enough. I'm heavy enough as well. That uh, I'm heavy enough and big enough that handstand walks and muscle ups make me nervous. Dude, you so. you, you killed it. Though. Like um, you, like you did kill it. I mean, it's impressive to see a guy your size actually tackle that and and like do as well as you did you know mashallah like i I was nervous about it (laughs) that's interesting because you talked about your okay so it is like a crossfit style competition but you said that your training leading up to that really hasn't been anything crossfit so like what how did you prepare for the competition or for the gymnastic stuff that makes you nervous and like knowing that the heavyweight stuff is no problem so my preparation for the gymnastic stuff that made me nervous the basic way <laughs> of getting around that was i knew i could do this skill a year ago so <laughs> I was, I was, I, my basic preparation was yeah it was basically don't waste any reps right. i didn't practice anything in the warm-up area i didn't practice anything in the week or so before um just because i knew i just let it get in my head and I, I knew that like kind of the confidence in my skill and my own ability and that only comes from competing a lot i think and pushing yourself to that level um like not saying it's an elite level just kind of pushing yourself to, to kind of the end of your own level 
Um, I think I knew that I could do them and I knew that I was comfortable enough in my body and my, like my flexibility, my mobility have got better from doing weightlifting and everything. So I thought actually it's going to hurt me more to be practicing them and training them and doing things like that. And actually then potentially getting tight and then feeling that I have an expectation of myself during those skills in the, in the competition. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go out and I know how to do them. I'm just going to go and do them. This is where one of us needs to interject with a disclaimer to say that this don't go out. And, yeah, this is not typical. <laughs> do not go out and do this. If you have not done a muscle up or a handstand push up or any of the above, don't try it unless you're like Liam and you've trained for God knows how many years and you have the base for it. Cause I mean, that's, that's where it comes from essentially is you had that base. Yeah. Effectively. Like, I mean, I spent the last, well, kind of definitely the whole time I've been in Kuwait, maybe a year and a half before that. So yeah, about near, near on four years, like just training CrossFit. So your like, strategy going in was, I'm not going to do any of this stuff. I want to keep my body fresh effectively effectively yeah. um i knew that i knew that i would perform better the fresher i felt and the more relaxed i was and so actually for i just sure. thought you know what actually there's there's absolutely no reason for me to try and do a muscle up that i know i can do but just to say that i've done some practice for it <laughs> like i'm not saying i'm definitely not saying like everyone should just go out and not do not practice stuff but i i knew for well myself that like it made sense to me and that i could go out and do the skill under pressure no problem um, I knew that the guys trusted me to be able to do that skill and um, the guys in my team, they trusted me. Um, and yeah, just, just went out and did it. And it was, it, thankfully it went off really well. Um, uh, way better than I expected, especially from having a little bit of a bad wrist as well. I had a little bit of ligament damage. Um, so the handstand walk was actually what made me really nervous. It was kind of with my new heavy body weight. I think I'm looking about 118 kilos, something like that. Um, and so I had the thought of kind of, running into a handstand walk with 118 kilos coming down on a wrist was uh, was not something that I was looking forward to. But as soon as I kind of dragged the sled with one hand and then turned around and did a handstand walk, I was like, I did five steps and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to make it. You had it taped up before you went. Yeah, I had, I had it significantly taped, yeah, from uh, the guys at DISC, which was absolutely fantastic. Like they, were, they, were, they literally helped me to get Hey, man, hey, 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 like, no shout outs. We're not getting sponsored oh, no, yet. No, they, they, right. they definitely need a shout out. Oh, no, man, no. Like, they got to pay they, us they, first. Show me the money. They, they, they looked after me. I'm curious after right. working with athletes all the weekend, yeah. and, and like you said, like literally like taping you together, yeah. like. I'm sure that was the case more often than not. So I'd be, I'd be curious to know what Disc's view of the battle was of like uh, having to rehab everybody and keep I them together. I can tell you exactly what their view yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, uh, I think at one point, I think I talked to one, one, nightmare. Yeah, one of the guys and they were just like, uh, it's really odd to see like so many people competing who don't look like they should be competing. <laughs> um, and obviously they're just looking at it from a purely a movement standpoint and just kind of a, like movement efficiency and how people's bodies are actually going through like a squat or a snatch or anything like that um and yeah they were looking at it and cringing a little bit um but obviously same thing can be said about marathons and yeah you for know, sure any kind like, of event there's like always going to be like there's right. always going to be a wide range of people who um there's going to be people who are not very good and not doing well there's going to be and, and not very good at, at kind of having efficient movement and then there's going to be people who are very good at performing but then still don't have efficient movement because they're not looking after themselves and then there's going to be the top guys who are very good at performing and they have very good movement efficiency okay. um so that they, they can keep performing at that, that, that level so when you talk about movement efficiency just for like average joe what do we mean with movement what like 
what are, what are we talking about in terms of movement efficiency? I mean, I can say when you're deadlifting to use your legs, whereas a guy that sits behind a desk all day is probably going to use their back. You know, they're going to do that bend over sort of the uh, best way of describe it as a dog sitting down. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a better, do you have a better way of describing? No, I've never that? heard that one, but I knew exactly <laughs> what you meant when yeah, you said right, it. Right, okay. <laughs> I had a dog doing something else. Yeah, I was going to say a dog taking a shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. like a dog taking um, a shit, but but movement efficiency. Back. Yeah, yeah, rounded back. <laughs> yeah. that's the word <laughs> that's, I was looking that's for. The one. See, I got to um, I got to bring in the humor, guys. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that the movement efficiency is kind of like. It's almost thinking of it as a whole. So it's not just saying use your legs and it's not just saying don't use your back because you have to use everything. So yeah, using the yeah. deadlift as an example, it's like using your legs but keeping your back straight. So that Pushing through the ground f- and all like that. Like lots yeah. of force, like going through any of any parts of your spine, which is obviously then when you're going to get a problem. Um, and kind of, you know, by looking at structures of buildings that straight lines hold force a hell of a lot better than curves do. So, like, if we have a curve, we know that we're losing force somewhere throughout the movement. So, But I think the ones who probably have the most efficient movement are the ones who allow themselves to train also outside of those straight lines and get the body to be safe in all ranges of motion. So I think it's the 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 stability and things that they have within that. I think that if you're only practicing in those straight lines, then when that load gets too heavier, especially in a competition, when you're sacrificing a little bit of technique for some speed or whatever it might be, then you're at a risk of injury the second you go out of that straight yeah. line. Yeah. Um, so I'd say the, the guys that near the top, they're probably the ones that take a little bit more time to, to, uh, yeah, get out of, get yeah, out of straight make lines. Sure, make sure they're yeah. stable. Right, Cause right. obviously you, that's a, um, it's a really good point. Cause actually you can't stay in that straight line and stay efficient with your movement unless you have trained to be either side of that spectrum as well. Right. Um, it's like, cause otherwise you've got a very small room for error. And then if you go outside of it, you're going to get injured. So as you said, like if you, if you, if you've got a great squat, um, your back is perfectly straight, you've got really good mobility, no problem. But then as soon as it gets heavy and your back starts to round a little bit, then you're injury prone. Whereas actually if you kind of, able to train a little bit of that lighter weight which is where we, we were kind of talking make about kind of increasing movement efficiency and kind of how to, how to do that and whether it's kind of the, the arts like edo portal or things like that um like spinal flow animal flow things like that where yeah. actually kind of you're not just doing squat deadlift pull up bicep curl whatever it is um you're actually doing other things and moving in the way that your body like you don't expect your body really to move on a daily basis. Exactly. What about rotation? I mean, in in terms of CrossFit, there's nothing with rotation. Is there anything that I that I haven't seen with like a rotational movement, like you know, a side toss with a ball or um, a pal off press to the side or something with a rotational aspect? Well, engaging the obliques. I haven't seen anything. I mean, the games in 2009, I think it was, I mean, they had the, like driving the stake into the ground, like kind of things. You had like your hammer swings and you had like that kind of stuff, which there's, like recently the hammer, um, like I can't remember what it's called, but like kind of, you're standing on the platform and like, uh, uh, yes, Simon, they did have it again. yeah, but yeah, they yeah, weren't, yeah, 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 there was, there was, I'm yeah. talking like a baseball swing type, yeah. type of a rotation. Yeah. You know, moving side to side, you know. I think There's the nothing really that challenges them, yeah, like yeah. in a lateral pattern or anything else. And, and like that's that, that's yeah. the biggest knock I have on CrossFit training. Like there's – I've never seen anyone do like a, a curtsy. 
You know, it's 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 a good functional movement. It you know it loosens up the hips. Yeah. It, I do it when I'm warming up, but I haven't seen it in CrossFit. I haven't oh, seen. There's a lot of movements that I haven't seen carry over into CrossFit where you're moving side to side, you're rotating your torso around. And I mean, sorry, I, I'm going way they did have off the, topic. Didn't they but, have the softball throw one year? Was that in the games? Well, uh, that was early. That was early in the games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's my knowledge of the game. I quit yeah. paying attention to the games like yeah. seven years ago. But, <laughs> but that's, no, where, that's, that's where CrossFit's getting knocked on right it's, now. It's because, a very valid point, but um, yeah. I think that's where strongman is kind of picking up the slack mm. a little bit because you might have um, like a yoke carry for something yeah. like oh, that. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like, yoke if you have awesome. a strong core and yeah. you've never carried a yoke, guarantee you're not going to do well carrying a yoke. Yeah, definitely. Um, which is, I think at the weekend we had uh, like farmer's carry, but it'd be interesting maybe to see like a suitcase carry. So just like mm-hmm. a one-sided farmer's yeah. carry. That'll mess people up. <laughs> yeah. Like, so that's where like, if you, you're not necessarily seeing rotation, but you're seeing the block of having to rotate, if that makes sense. Um, but no, I think that's where you're seeing a lot more strong man. We didn't see the Atlas Stones this year. Um, which we did see last year. So that's the kind of stuff that's fun for the spectators too. Like the strongman stuff, like they, they kind of get that. It's a little bit harder with, um, yeah, some of the, some of the, you have to keep in mind. Yeah. You need need specialized equipment, but then kind of for these kind of events and it definitely is worth it. Yeah. Uh, like the yokes, farmers carries, um, Atlas stones. Um, yeah, there's all sorts of things you can, you can steal from strongman. Definitely. Definitely. I think some people do steal their technique a little bit from Strongman. (laughs) Strongman's uh, awesome, though. Strongman workouts. I mean, I did working out. um, I did a Strongman workout for about two months. I was just doing Strongman workouts, you know, three days a week. And it was just typically the big movements. And, dude, a log press is amazing. I loved it. It's completely different to overhead press. It's so much different. And the strength that you get from it. I mean, I took, it was four weeks or five weeks later, I, you know, took a hundred, hundred pound dumbbell and threw it overhead. And I was like, holy crap, I've never done this before. Like my max was 85 and it was a strong man class at one of the gyms here. And, you know, I went up with 80, 85, 90, 95. And then someone was like, oh, try the hundred. I was like, sure. Why not? And just threw it up and. But there's that carryover from strongman you don't get from CrossFit or bodybuilding, and it's just this raw strength. Yeah, yeah. Like that's it's 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 an amazing way to train. No, definitely, it'd be nice to see a little bit more of that. I think um, I think the only thing holding us back here in this region is just the availability of the equipment yeah. to be able to do it, um, and yeah, and, and the willingness of of people to to train in that, in that pattern. Um, but you've got different gyms and stuff like that, which now have more strongman-esque kind of uh, facilities as well. So maybe we'll see it maybe next year. So speaking of speaking of the, the whole battle and everything, how was organization from an, ath- an athlete's perspective? Uh, from an athlete's perspective, I think I, I've done three battles now. This was my third one. Um, and it was probably the, from a, the things that matter to an athlete are basically knowing when you're going to start and where like how long it's going to take before you need to be back at the, at the competition because the main things you want to know is can you go home get some rest or can you get get away from the competition get some rest um and like when do you need to eat that's basically all you need to know so kind of the organization from that standpoint we ran a little bit late on the second day but apart from that we were pretty good um so we like there was no surprises we didn't, we didn't kind of get thrown into a workout early or anything like that we were like it was it was all kind of good 
Um, the kind of a big knock is kind of you, you kind of need you do need a good supply of toilets at a CrossFit competition. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, you've got a lot of caffeine flying around. Uh, you got shit, shit overflowing yeah. into the ground. Like, You've got caffeine as a laxative and as a massive lax- laxative effect. You've got a lot of people drinking a lot of caffeine. You've got like three coffee stalls in there as well. Then uh, the, yeah, the, the toilet's going to take a little bit of a battering. And I think we had like four toilets on site. Um, no, 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 no. There were two working toilets. Two, two working the other toilets. two had shit overflowing. Where onto were the two the working ones? On I, the second day, I left the the toilets like dry heaving. Like I, do you want to get me started? Right I now? couldn't even go back into it. It was awful. It was I went horrible. home for bathroom breaks, but I know like within the Green Island area, they had a trailer of bathrooms open. But when I tried them the second day, then those were closed too. So there's yeah, people, it was, there's people it was using awful. the uh, like the the Kuwaiti restaurant and stuff. They were like going and buy a juice to use yeah. the bathroom. Yeah. yeah, and then like there was a there was a period of time when they were just like fine, just come in, whatever, like use the bathroom. But then after that, when I think when it got busy, when people are coming to actually use the restaurant, and then they were like, you, you can't come in. Like yeah. so, so then people are, are caught short big time. So yeah, that that was uh, probably the biggest organizational error um, from the athlete point of view. Uh, otherwise like kind of for workouts wise and everything like it was, it was, it was fairly good. There's little bits and pieces you can always pick apart, like the ground being uneven and you've got hands down walks. And, um, I think, uh, at one point, um, one of the guys, farmers, uh, farmers handles, like the weights fell off okay. things like that. So like probably the clips had maybe been broken. It's just, but those things happen. Like definitely it wasn't kind of, I think it was two, maybe I think happened two times out of, what the event must have been run maybe a hundred times like yeah. so in, in total so um yeah so those those things do happen but uh, other than that from an athlete point of view the information from from the guys was everything that we needed um the yeah the support from the crowd the crowd it kind of it bo- they boxed us in quite nicely with the crowd this time they, this year the crowd was yeah. way different like it's the mcs have always had such a hard time getting the crowds to like engage yeah with them you know they'll do the whole like hype thing like what's this sad doing let me hear you scream <laughs> <laughs> like, like it would just be like crickets yeah. like the first couple of years and this year dylan did a good job he actually got them like interacting with each other and screaming a little bit more, and it, it yeah. was exciting. It was the most crowd engagement I've seen in yeah, a long time. It was it was a nice intimate kind of kind of setting. Yeah, because yeah, like literally we were what less than a meter away from the right. crowd on all sides. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas previously it's been like a few meters, and just that few meters can like really really change things. Yeah. Um, because you got like people standing in front of them, then they're like people behind are unhappy, and it's like and you can kind of feel that energy when you walk onto the onto the competition floor. Then and it just gives you that extra ten percent. Um, like especially for us, like personally, we had like amazing support. Like I don't don't even know where where most of the support was coming from, but I've like had messages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw you hyping yeah. them up on the thruster. Like it was nice. Like for us, we we were there. Like we knew that we were there to to like entertain and perform, and just like because actually, kind of we knew that we hadn't trained <laughs> enough. Um, to kind of be standing on the podium or at least not to deserve standing on the podium. Um, and so we just wanted to go out there like as a, a kind of a, a fat weight lifter, um, an injured gymnast and uh, the only functioning working uh, head coach as well. Um, yeah, we were kind of the, the odd team that was there. And uh, yeah, everyone was, was massively supportive and it was nice to be able to. Did you guys train together at all before the event? Like, or how often did you guys do that? 
how how often? How often? <laughs> no, <That's> good question. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you just know I, each so other so well. I heard, pa- like, I heard part of this. So <laughs> we we organised our tra- training session about three weeks ago, and then we were, we turned up uh, at the gym. And uh, the gym has a jacuzzi and an ice bath, so <laughs> we kind of, it, yeah, we we uh, so we ended up going, ju- yeah, we ended up going jacuzzi in the ice bath. Well, we knew what was going to happen when all of us turned up in flip flops. None of us turned up in trainers. Like, so we were like, okay, let's. That's a fine. good team bond, yeah. though. You guys yeah. are all on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. That's what matters. Yeah. 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 So, but um, that's cool. But no, hey, dude, like, you guys lived in the moment. We you were, were living yeah. it. You were living the moment, and that was. That, I, I thought that was amazing. Like you. Things when you go it. in with that attitude of yeah. just like pure fun and yeah. And, to be honest, like yeah. what what absolutely worked for us was the fact. Like yes, we know each other. Like we've we've trained a lot together before and everything, but we haven't trained once together over the last nine ten months maximum um or sorry at least um but the fact that we went out there to have fun like we went out there trusting each other and like kind of not expecting too much from each other and knowing that it could all fall apart any second like because one of us might get injured or anything like that um and we knew that we weren't fighting for the podium um so we just wanted to do it for ourselves and i think that's uh and i even put up an instagram post today i think just kind of advising that Actually, unless you know that you're at that, at that level for the top three, top four, top five, or whatever it is, a, a decent competition, you need to go to have fun. Yeah. Like that is the, by far the most mm-hmm. important thing. Because and, and actually, if you don't compete, if you haven't never competed or anything, then grab a team and go and compete because it is one of the most fun experiences that you'll have. Yeah, for sure. Um, like you'll meet people, like you'll, you'll push yourself. And you'll you'll find new boundaries for for actually where you can take your own training, and you're only going to do that when you've got someone else relying on you to to execute what you can do, um, and those are your teammates next to you. Yeah, it's excellent advice. So, I mean, it's it's definitely something that I'm sure like people in the services and stuff like that they're fully aware of, like kind of having a team around you and just like them them relying on you just as much as you rely on them. Um, but yeah, it's like if you haven't been involved in anything like that, or, then I would highly, highly recommend it. Definitely. Like there were times over the weekend where the workout was going on and we just like sat down in a little huddle, had a little chat, made sure that each other were okay, fist bumped, and then got on with it. Um, and those moments were priceless because we were just able to just like actually slow things down, take a breath when we needed to. We weren't pushing each other like actually like, come on, go, go, go. We were just like, okay, relax. Do you need a rest? Are you okay? What's going on? Talk to me. Taking that time out to just find out where where each other were at and then going and smashing the rest of the workout, which sometimes you need to be able to do, like even as an individual as well, you need to be able to take that time and just reflect inwards and go, have I gone too fast? Have I gone too slow? Like, is it, like what am I doing? Why am I about to pick up the bar? Do I need to pick up the bar? I know everyone's shouting for me to pick up the bar, but do I need to? That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. When you've got people screaming at you and everything and yeah, the pressure and understanding of how you operate best and getting to know yourself. That's the benefits to just, as you said, like playing by yourself and playing with others that you, you get to know that reflection side when you do it by yourself. But then there's a side that comes from training with other people that you just can't mimic when you do things on your own. So that's yeah. why I think it's great to yeah do both both ways. And the, the programming this year was was pretty good. I mean, it was very biased towards us. Like we had like a high skill um, high skill stuff and high heavy weight stuff. So <laughs> for our team, like it was pretty good. Like we we, we landed on our feet with the programming. Um, but I mean, we can definitely see how there could be improvements for like the for the wider guys. Um, but yeah, for us, like we were we were able to 
separate a lot of the workouts into like our specific roles. So like I knew my job for the weekend was lifting the barbell. The two fifty five that you like, threw up like it was like a feather. <laughs> I mean, I was, it was two fifty five, right? On the, Towards the end, it was the ladder with the complex in it. On the thrust ladder, we, did, we didn't get past um, 235. It was the yeah, 235. Yeah. You, I was watching it on YouTube. Horrible, by the way. It was like their cameramen were all over the place. And they're like, oh, he's going to throw up this weight. And it's like in on this little skinny dude that's doing absolutely nothing. He's not even in the competition. <laughs> but you're, you're putting up the 235. And it's like, dude, it, would just, it just went up like butter. Like, yeah. yeah, like a knife going through butter. It was mm-hmm. it was so clean. And then it was like you see your you know, other guys doing it, it's like, Well, yeah, like I can lift some weight. Like you did like dude, that must have been easy for you. Yeah, like I mean I knew like it was a really nice finish to to day one because like it'd been tiring, I'd be nervous about everything, and I knew for a while the thrusters, I was like, Okay, this is this is bread and butter, as you said. Like so um I knew kind of I'd have to focus a little bit if I was gonna get to the two fifty five, but the kind of everything up to it was a warm up, I think. I say, did you even warm up for that event? Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know whether I should be broadcasting this. This is trade secrets. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I I did two thrusters at about 135 pounds in the warm up area, and then I went out. And yeah. Started. Yeah. That's pretty sick. When um, your lifts are, yeah. are that big, like it's just yeah. there's no point really. Um, I, yeah. I mean, the main thing for me was just like warming up my glutes, warming up my my right. hamstrings. Like I know that a problem areas for me, and and generally I know that I can pile a pile a pile of weight onto the bar a little bit quicker. Um, but then also, as like we said to before, when you get out in front of the crowd, the like, energy out there, that, you get an adrenaline spike like no other. Yeah. Like if you if you can possibly lift it, then you're gonna lift it. Like, unless you make a massive mistake, the strength is there. Like, it's, it's there. It's on point. Everything's ready to go. You're raring. That's um, one of the things I was kind of, with that event in particular, you talk about, like, it was, it obviously catered to your guys' high skill from a volunteer, or not even volunteer, from a spectator perspective. It's nice to see people, like, get PRs and to be able to do that kind of stuff. And so the thruster ladder, that was one that I think was a little on aired on the side of too heavy because it was disappointing to not see a lot of the competitors be able to get very far yeah. with that or yeah. just to like yeah. struggle right off the bat yeah. and not get down there. So that was, that was one that I wish it would have been just a little bit lighter. Yeah. I probably um, would have liked to see, um, Oh, I think they could have like made the jumps a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, like generally if you can thrust a 120, then going from 70 to 85 to hundred is probably not going to be too, too much worry for you. Um, but yeah, that would have been a bit more inclusive than you could have had maybe 50, 60 kilos. Cause they're like, generally there's a lot of light guys in CrossFit and kind of the weights have to be a little bit lighter for, for, for the general population. And the Ku- Kuwaiti guys, I mean, in general, Kuwaiti, the sport the, is young. The here. sport is, it's so brand it's, new. You have to kind of yep. think like it is shocking each year, you know, like the weights and things go up and that kind of goes back to what we talked about before of just like now the perception of seeing someone do it makes it a little bit more likely that it's actually done, mm-hmm. but also like. In the beginning, uh, yeah, numbers weren't weren't quite there, and I think we're trying to like throw in some of the numbers maybe that we see yeah. at other competitions where CrossFit's been going on for over ten years, and yeah. people have been participating yeah. in here. It's like, and it's not even that; it's Olympic yeah. weightlifting. Kuwait's yeah. never been known for Olympic weightlifting. I mean, I used to go to Katia. Uh, I was you know diving and everything, and so I, I was familiar with the whole club. And I never remember a weightlifting room, and you know, like actual Olympic weightlifting. It just, I've never seen it or heard about it in Kuwait. Maybe that's just me, but you can tell by the Kuwaiti CrossFitters that it is something new to them. You know, even some of these guys, they're pretty big and they should be throwing up a lot more weight. 
at least, you know, when I see him throwing up the weight, <laughs> I'm just like, why are the other guys not doing this? But it's getting it's getting traction here. Like it's definitely picking it's up. Be it's exciting it's to definitely see, picking see how it goes. Up. I mean, I think all that that feedback from the athletes. I mean, that is one thing I say. The the teams on the battle, they do listen to you know the feedback of, of what happens year to year. Um, programmers have changed. You know, like I think each year in the last like three years. Mm. Um, so I think it's still still young, collecting information and things, and knowing who who signs up and who comes, and and they'll they'll get better with it. But from the organization side, they've had the same guys. Um, helping out with that side of as far as like the the whole airport model that they do, you know, like the pre-staging, staging, getting people on, and you know, the whole timeline and everything. They've had the same guys doing that um, for the ever since the the beginning, and they do a great job of coming out and briefing the volunteers and getting everybody on track. So from that side of it, organization's always been great. You know, the, the the big thing that I thought of that actually from the athlete point of view was was really not helpful is the wall area. And yeah. it's actually something that's been the case for like the last couple couple yeah. years as well, where actually, like, say you got this thruster ladder. Okay, I did say that not everyone should just do two 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 right. sixty kilos before you go out. Weights in there, but to there do literally it. wasn't enough to go up to maybe seventy or eighty kilos. So yeah. if you're kind of like worried about it a little bit and you want to kind of see if you can do ninety or see if you can do a hundred, right. then like, and a lot of people do, then you, the, the ability to do that wasn't there. I think I don't know if they set up rings in the warm-up area um, before the ring muscle-up one. I didn't go to the warm-up area. So. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. I can tell. But you know what, dude? There's nothing wrong with it, man. Awesome. <laughs> There's really nothing wrong with it. There really I, is I got, nothing I got wrong with it. I got a massage and then I put my straps on and I went out. Good for you, dude. Good for you. No, good for you. Um, some people, some people it works for you, dude. Yeah, like, right. seriously, I've known guys. That comes with experience. That it comes it with does. Experience. It yeah. does. And it's like, I've known guys that have done that before and it's like, just put the weight in front of me. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't need any of this crap. But... You know, then you have the guys that take it super serious and they're in the warm up area. They've got their whole routine, their ritual, so to speak. And, you know, good for you, dude. Yeah, I, th- I think it's like just to touch on that real quick. I think it's, it's massively down to the person. Um, and we've done a couple of podcasts and we will do more podcasts on finding the right coach and things like that for especially to help you through competition, because actually having someone who will be able to identify what works for you and then help you kind of plan that and go through to do it is massive. Like I know my athletes and like the athletes that I train, I know how they like to warm up. Some like to do loads. Like they want to warm up for an hour, hour and a half before they do a heavy lift. And some like literally would prefer just to do as little as possible. So like you kind of need to be able to know how you're going to get the best out of the athlete in the right um, state and get, get them in the right state of mind when they're walking on. Um, Changes with your training and stuff too. Cause I know uh, with swimming, I was always a fan of, of long warm ups with that. Um, but towards the end, once we started doing more weightlifting and, and other types of sports and things like the, the necessity to get in the pool and warm up for a long time before a race and everything got a lot less. And then same thing with CrossFit. Like I was the same way. I was like, just, I want it like five minutes and heavy as hell. And I don't want to warm up just like, get me in, do the work and be done. And then that turned into when I focused more on the weightlifting stuff and it was just like squat cycles. It was like, I need an hour to mobilize. I need an hour to It's a pain in the ass. It was, it totally (laughs) changes. And now it's like, after shifting more to that different movement that we were talking about, it's like I can enter ranges without having to warm up. And that's always kind of been the goal. It's like, I want to be able to, 
go to my maximum range of motion without having to like really loosen up to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for, for next year and, and any other competitions, I think it's really useful to have a, an area where the athletes can actually chill out. Like yeah. the athlete area this year was like quite close to the competition, which was great to watch. Um, but then actually like you needed some, some space to just chill a little bit. Um, and mainly the main reason for me saying that was because actually I think during competition, it's not so much the warm up that matters, but actually your cool down. Mm, like yeah. after 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 the training set after the workout sorry um your ability to be able to kind of just like get rid of the lactate kind of like move a little bit means that then if and they you, didn't have the ice baths this year did they no no yeah. they didn't so like it, the ability to be able to like actually cool down effectively is way more important than warming up because then you can kind of cool down move a little bit get, get ready a little, for the get next a little one. bit of food and then you almost don't even need to warm up for the next one you yeah. just need to like sit into a few positions any positions any stretch anything that you know is a problem for you but generally you can go back out and go and do it yeah like i think one person said to me they were like no oh, you have to go warm up like it's like before the final you have to go warm up. <laughs> and i literally was like i've been working out for two days i'm warm I, I'm, I'm freaking warm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like i just overheated in the last one i'm, I'm warm enough I'm like, warm. so, so uh, yeah but i mean that, that kind of there there's always improvements that you can have from an athlete point of view but i think um generally if the competition, if your performance on the competition floor goes well, then you don't really think about too much. Like right. the, yeah, the problem, the toilets were a huge problem, yeah. but like we, I found a solution for it. Like I was lucky enough to be able to go home and everything like that. But actually if I was coming from a different country, then that'd be super awkward because then wouldn't have transport, everything like that. So it's definitely something that needs to be fixed. Um, but generally if you, if you're enjoying the actual competition and the crowd make a real difference, if the crowd are, are, are involved in, and they're there and giving you the hype, then you kind of forget about everything else. Right. Right. Um, like it's really important at the time, but then the, the only thing you remember is how you felt on the competition floor. That's important for yeah everyone to hear and for organizers too. Cause I know when you're on the organizing end of it, it's like you're dealing with putting out fires like all day of like people coming to you like, there's no water here, the bathroom. So we you know, whatever it is, or we're five minutes behind. It's like, you're putting out fires all day. So you get done with the event and you're just like, did anything go right? Yeah. Like and you just think the whole thing's a disaster, but the crowd, the crowd, uh, engagement. And then, yeah, if, if the athletes, you know, had a good performance and everybody stayed safe, I think that's a big, yeah. big part that's for, for a Kuwaiti yeah. event. I think it was very well done for a Kuwait event. <laughs> yeah. All Kuwait right. Standards. For Kuwait, for Kuwait standards. No, for Kuwait standards. Yeah. Realistically, I think it was a great event. I mean, I've been at universities where, you know, you've got professors and people that have been in the academic field for years and they can't organize something as simple as um, taste of, I can't say the university's name, but, yeah. you know, like it's it's bad organization. Whereas this, I thought it was organized very well. International standards? Yeah. And going back to that Battle of the East, Battle of the West thing, it's like if this were to be the event that happened in the West, there would definitely... Yeah, vibes would be definitely different. <laughs> I mean, for, for for them, if you're gonna if you're expecting a capacity of about 500 people, I would say there was probably around 500 people there at one point. Then why are you limiting the space and only having two bathrooms where you could have rented out a club, for instance, and which stadium seating is already there? There are bathrooms already there. Like you could have probably got a better facility, in my opinion. And I was a spectator. So I was there, you know, watching the whole thing. I had fun. My kid had fun. But when it came time to using the toilets, it was like, DJ, you're going in a bush. Sorry, buddy. You know, and when 
it was just very tough. I'm not going to lie. There was a point where I was looking for a bush. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be, go in there and you shouldn't be walking around in shit. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't be walking yeah. around in someone else's feces. That's yeah, just gross. Yeah. And I mean, on top of that, there was one point, you know, that big blow up area for the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't for the kids. Apparently it was like the, uh, you go up there and you fight on top of it or something. Push oh, the yeah, other guy off. Costa coffee. You could, yeah. Knock the coffee cup. The down coffee, or the coffee cup yeah. guy gets on there. Right. Yeah. And he just runs into this 18 year old kid oh, and geez. just totally plows him off. <laughs> and I'm like, I look at, Hey, I go and DJ's like, daddy, I want to do that. I'm like, nobody, <laughs> no. they're idiots. And he's like, daddy, that's a bad word. I'm like, no, but they really are. Let's go. Cause you know, there were, there was metal piping all around there. So it was like those little things that no one really paid attention to. And I didn't really see any of the organizers on the actual, they were all on the floor where the athletes were. Not in the vendor area. No one was in the vendor area. No one was in the seating area. There were guys, I mean, I almost got into a fist fight because, you know, these these guys. (laughs) 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 These guys are smoking at Uh, an athletic event underneath the bleachers. I'm like, dude, come on. This isn't high school. And I, I was very nice. I was very respectful. I swear to God, you can ask. (laughs) I was very respectful. And she was like, just calm down. I was like, no, this guy, you know, and long story short, he was smoking behind. It was coming up. I got my four-year-old son there. And if there had been an event organizer walking around on, you know, it would have been different. I could have been like, hey, can you say something to these guys? It shouldn't have been my, it's not my place. Yeah. But I mean, that was one thing. Um, I think when they, when they kind of branded it, so to speak, as like the fitness festival type of deal, they could have done more with bringing the people from the Saracen race. Because I think the lack of education in Kuwait is, is, is big. Like people don't have that education in terms of health and fitness, mainly health. So they could have done a lot more with these vendors to engage with the public. And there were some good vendors there. You know, they had, you know, they had some good food vendors. Um, there was, food was way better than it has been the last few oh, years. Oh, really? Yeah. My, my first time. Yeah. And will I go back next year? Definitely not with my kid. Really? I loved having him there, but the, if there's a bathroom available, yes, because that's a big factor when you have a child with you. Yeah. And I want to bring my kid to these events because if he says, daddy, I got to go number two, which happened, then we're kind of got to go all the way home, buddy. <laughs> we could, but we yeah. couldn't, you know, when you're with a four year old, it's like, oh, shoot, yeah. what do we do? I'm running to the guy's bathroom. I, I go in, I'm like, Hey, you got to get over here. Go check the women's bathroom. Is there a toilet that's not overflowed? Yes. Okay. Well, what are we going to do? I'm like, dude, just strip him out here. Don't let him touch anything and just hold him over the toilet. <laughs> we'll that's just all hose you, him down when he gets yeah, out. <laughs> but that's that's all you can do. And yeah. just hose him down when he's done. Yeah. Try and get him as clean as possible. And then when he, you know, she brings him out. And I'm like, dude, I don't care. I'm just, if he's naked out here, I don't give a crap. Yeah. You know, like, but that's, those are, those are some of the little so things. With the Saracen race, you said you'd like to see something else done, like with more engagement with that. Like, what do you mean? Like bringing in the people that finish the race to watch it. To watch, yeah. I mean, I, I heard a lot of people saying, oh, I have to buy a ticket to get in there. It's like, dude, are you guys idiots? If you participate in the Saracen race, yeah, like, you that's should just be able stupid. to come spectate. They charge me full price for my child. They charge me 10 KD no kids, for a right? four-year-old. And I was like, are you shitting me? And then I got even more pissed because people are walking in with their kids that have no stamps. And I'm like, are you shitting me? I paid 10 KD and these guys paid nothing. And like that part really pissed me off. And I'm not cheap. 
but it's like fairness. You don't go anywhere in the world and there isn't a kid's rate. So stick to the rules. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of stupid. Like you're going to have an event like that. You're setting the precedent. I want my son to see a guy like Liam lifting, you know, 235 pounds and doing ring muscle ups. I want my kid to see that. And I'm sure other parents do too. They could have had it more. It, it, it could have been marketed more as the fitness festival to bring more people in to engage the actual community and with all due respect to like the fitness and health community in Kuwait, they're not as welcoming as other communities. Like me and my wife and kid, we were there to watch it. But if you weren't in the click, you know, like the little gym click or whatever, you felt, you know, you felt like an, an outsider, so to speak. You know, there wasn't really anything engaging for the audience in terms of like the, the comfortable atmosphere to go and mingle in. Does that make any sense? Yeah. And I think it's 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 a wider issue here in Kuwait with gyms in general. But yeah, I mean from a spectator perspective, otherwise, great event. Yeah. Bastards owe me ten KD. <laughs> 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 I'll get my money I'll get my money back when I participate next year and win first place. There you go. I'll beat Mahmoud Emda. I'll beat that guy. You beat the Omda. Yeah, man. You kidding me, dude? What are you, you just... going to do to him? I, that's the key. That guy. I'm going to freaking, this is, I, I did this trick in Egypt with my cousins once. They were all, you know, they all had their Pepsis open all around. I had my cousin, she's going to kill me for this story. She was constipated for like four days. Oh, no. So she had laxative medicine. And I put it in everyone's drink just to see them all run for the bathroom. And Terrible. someone's in there. So they were all fighting to get it. So next year when I participate, so I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, dude. <laughs> Don't drink um, the Pepsi. <laughs> and just on a quick note, um, Jalala, the Kuwaiti athlete who took third place. I mean, that makes me proud. Mm. As a Kuwaiti, that really makes me proud to see a Kuwaiti. Because Egyptians have been weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting for a long time. And we're new to the sport. And to see him up on that stage, that was amazing. And Hajar. I mean, she did great too. So, I mean, from a Kuwaiti perspective, that was, that was for me, that was, that was great to see. You know, it made, it really made me feel like a proud Kuwaiti, which they're, those are rare moments. Yeah. No, that's good. And I think that kind of goes back to splitting up to that GCC region and giving that representation of where, where it needs to be shown here in Kuwait. And I think that's, that's cool to bring some awareness to it. So but it's, it's nice that you guys. I'd like to see him go up against yeah. the, the international athletes. I want to see that. The Kuwait, no, the Kuwaitis need it. They need it. You need to lose to win. No, I'm serious. You need, you, you can't just expect to always go out and win. If you don't lose, what do you have? You, you don't, you have nothing to strive for. There's definitely, but obviously I think in the case of Omda and, and Khaled, um, obviously they're like knocking on the door of regionals level athletes yeah. as well. So they, yeah. they kind of, uh, well, before they did get a, a, a good taste of that. Um, but yeah, like, and both of them as well, they do kind of international competition. It's not just the battles. Yeah, so I was going to say, yeah, they participate yeah. in a few others. Um, but like, I think it would be, I think uh, like everyone's been showing for them to now be mixed. And I think perhaps next year might be the right time to to mix the, the Arabs and the, and the expats together. They should. Um, I think purely because actually I think there's, there's, although there are expats here and there's expats in Dubai and things like that, actually there's not going to be a huge load of people coming over from the UK or a huge load of people coming over no, from the US no. not to win like $3,000. Right. Um, so like, like kind of, they don't have to worry too much about that, but I think it would be really interesting. I think for, for a lot of the guys to, to be able to actually see, especially the guys who are kind of on the bubble of the podium. So like kind of your fourth to 10th, like, 
I think those guys would then realize that, okay, just doing what they're doing at the moment isn't going to cut it. Like if there's guys who are going to come in, they're going to be filling up those places. Expats are going to be filling up those places. Um, so I think it would push everyone that, that little extra step, which they might be ready for now. That's good. It'll be exciting to see what happens. Evolution of the battle. Yeah. Battle sucks. They only take KD. More toilets, more toilets, more kids activities. More kids, more kids. And dude, SOB, man. I did the whole tire flip for 100 KD. My score held for like two hours, and then some little shit beat me. And then the little. There was 100 KD go Yeah, dude. And oh, man. No, yeah. It was how fast can you flip the tire back and forth, and you get 100 KD if no one can beat your time? Yeah. And this little shit, he beat my time like an hour later or whatever. And I'm walking up to do it again because Hay is like, it's 100 KD. Go do that shit. And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. Like, hell yeah for 100 KD. We paid 10 KD for it. I, I know, right? right? Get over there and win that money. And the guy goes, you better watch out your, you know, your back. You're a little older, and that's what, that's what, that's when I looked at him. I said, Got the tire I, I said to him in Arabic, I was like, him. you need to go sit down. I was like, I've been lifting, I've been lifting weights before you were born, kid. Sit over there. And sure enough, I'm like trying to flip the thing like a beast. Tire goes rolling away, and I'm falling on the ground, and then it's like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> but my back's okay. Yeah, but my back's okay. It's like seriously. Yeah, yeah you were giving away some crazy money and crazy prizes yeah, for that. that yeah, they insane. definitely were. And the yeah. burpee thing, burpee. Burpees, how yeah. many burpees can you do for 150 KD? I didn't do that one. <laughs> no, I wasn't even going to do that one. Yeah. I, I, can I just say just a big shout out to the programming for not putting burpees, burpees in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that really helped me, to be honest. <laughs> it really helped the brother out there. <laughs> That's awesome. No, it was, it, was, it's, it, it was a good event, though. I just wish it. I hope it becomes, it's on a bigger scale. I can't wait for the uh, Flare Fitness Festival. I think that's going to be fun. Yeah, that's. What I mean, if we're giving a shout out to Circuit Plus, might as well give a shout out to Flair Fitness. And- shout out everybody. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit more intimate. It's quite cool. Like, um, like you get a lot of the younger guys. Are you participating? No, I am not. Do you want a teammate? <laughs> do you want? Oh, <laughs> you want to do it? I can't do handstand push-ups. I need to cry. <laughs> <laughs> out of the sixty that we had to do the weekend, I did four, and I was really happy to do four. Oh, nice, dude. All right. All right. Well, dude, if you're not doing it, I'll do it, man. That's it. We've got a team for Flair Fitness Festival. That's it. So you want me to drop out of the individuals? Oh, I'm not going to make you drop out of it. No, man. There's no qualifiers for the teams. Wait, is that the January competition? Yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll do it. If you don't don't qualify, then then, may. May, You're going to be lifting a lot of weight. That's right. That's, That's what I do. Yeah, as long as you awesome. do the burpees I'm, I'm, I'm all good yeah. good strategy yeah I'll call my wife to do the burpees I ain't doing this shit alright <laughs> <laughs> no we'll do it we'll do it we'll do it that sounds like fun are you guys you're not gonna be here in I January won't be here for it, it. Yeah. oh really oh but are they live streaming <laughs> doubt it we'll live stream it for you if we're if we're doing the team thing <laughs> it's gonna be hilarious we can do a podcast episode of me as, commentating yeah, it as we go can we have shirts that say big and short yeah. Or tall and six, short. Six foot six and five foot nothing. It's five foot nothing. <laughs> well, well, every podcast he's going to call you taller yeah. and you're going to be shorter. I know, right? Right? Well, but um, on that note, um, please know from 
uh, Circuit Plus get pissed at us or me in general? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's just, growth. As a, yeah, as I yeah. said, like yeah. from an athlete point of view, it was fantastic. Um, like the crowd was amazing, like way better than it, is, it has been for Definitely. like any, any time that I've been in there. And I assume it's grown over that time. So yeah. it was really good to see the community coming together and, and like making the battle what it was um as i said there was loads of problems in the kind of the back end but ultimately i think everyone had fun which yeah. is like the most important bit it's just hope it's just hope for the kind of the next couple of years that they don't kind of see that and go yeah well it was fine yeah like, not do anything yeah, about it it's, yeah, it's yeah kind of, i don't see that happening but yeah, yeah. so hopefully yeah. it doesn't turn into that but as long as it kind of takes its its kind of natural progressions onwards and they they keep trying to make it better um and building on the the crowd and the support that they have now then like it will continue to get better I love it. It felt like a high school reunion weekend for me just because I popped awesome. around all the gyms. So That's it is awesome. nice to get like everybody collected in one place and then like be able to see everyone. That's so. amazing. Though. Good vibes. Good vibes. Yeah. Like and it. shout out to all the Kuwaiti athletes from, from my side. All right. Uh, no, they, like, they represented the red, the green, the white, and the black, you there know. You go. And yeah, I mean, hey, shout out the GCC residents. Like they yeah. were like that kind of the, yeah, the guys yeah. from Bahrain who, who I've seen quite a few times. New guys from Saudi, guys and girls. And the Saudi, like, the Saudi women's all, team. Shout out to them; they were yeah, amazing. Huge. And Hey Shalhan, you know, coming back so fast and competing—that was awesome. Hajar coming out in third place. Khalid coming out in third place. I mean, that was that was amazing. And Hamid Al Umda, I mean, that guy's just a beast, dude. He's a beast. He's, he's, he's a beast. Right. He's, he's a he's a total monster. Yeah. Um, on that note, head over to uh, Instagram and uh, send us a question if you have any. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Any any feedback on uh, on the battle that you guys have and you want us to talk about, want us to talk about toilets again, we can do that. <laughs> and if you want to see me and Liam in a uh, handstand push-up challenge, you can vote on that. Handstand push-up challenge, that's not going to be a short challenge. I'll beat your ass in that. <laughs> yeah. I'll beat your ass by one or two. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not going to warm up for that. I'm either. sure Meg might beat both of us in I'll that judge. one. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.